Hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. My name is Grisalves. I am your host of this podcast where we share our stories in order to keep on this healing journey of being a human (laughs) and what that means. So we recover, we talk about recovery from alcoholism, from disease, from divorce, but also just from being human and from the restriction of social and religious conditions and limiting beliefs. And today I'm talking about the appearances that kill, the appearances that hinder connection. And as a Mexican woman, and I don't know, maybe all women feel this, but in particular, I can speak from my experience growing up in the Mexican culture, even though I'm at the border and I have a lot of freedom from coming and going to the United States, these appearances that I grew up learning that were what gave me value are now, um, I've realized that it's important to talk about how they kill us and they keep us from authentic connection. They hinder emotional intelligence because what these appearance barriers create is a list, a checklist of prerequisites in order to be loved, right? To be good, to be included, and to belong. If you look a specific way, then, oh, honey, look at my baby. I love you so much. You look so pretty. Or you dance beautifully in the show. Or you won the prize at the basketball game. Or, you know... um, you have to look a specific way in order to enter a place and shock everybody with how amazing you look. And I'm not saying all these things are bad, but how it's been manifesting lately in, in my life and in, and obviously in the life of my mom who's been sick and in the dysfunction that's coming up within everybody that's being confronted by maybe some of the appearances that are no longer there and perfect like they were 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago is impacting. And in uh, what's coming up is the this just self-judgment and the um, has everybody walking on eggshells. The fear of, well, I'm not looking like I, like I used to. And like, what did I say? Did I say the wrong thing? Are they looking at me weird? Am I enough? All of these messages that are coming up because of thinking that we have to look and act a specific way in order to belong or to be good or to be okay in life is bullshit. And so there, it's, there, these things are killing us. And I thought, well, okay, let me see, let me see. How do I put this in words? And how do I come up with a specific way of realizing what, um, what I'm feeling here, what I'm trying to say? Because this resonates with lots of other women and lots of other people that I've talked to. I looked up appearances, appearance, the definition of appearance in the dictionary here is the way that someone or something looks and an act of performing or participating in a public event. Also the state, condition, manner, or style in which a person or object appears, outward look or aspect, outward look or aspect. And so when we grow up having this message that it's only how we look outwardly, and how we behave, and if we compete, and if we win, and if we're skinny and pretty and have ever no wrinkles, then we're going to be okay. The message is really oppressing because that's not always going to happen. We might not even be able to do that to begin with. And number three, it's all going to end anyway. 
And so these appearances keep us like hustling and bustling for more shopping, for more lipstick, for newer shoes, for a different haircut, for more of outward um, approval instead of doing the inner, inner work that we came here to do as souls in the human body. In particular for women, I also found this thing that made me really want to slap the person that wrote this. Check this out. It says, physical appearance does matter in a relationship. Those women who take care of their physical appearance have better rapport with their partner. It boosts self-confidence and self-esteem. One feels very reassured when the other people admire them and prefer to associate with them as they find them very attractive. Oh my lord, this is such major bullshit. You know the pressure that this puts on women? Oh, you have to keep looking good and skinny, otherwise your husband's going to leave you and go with someone else. This is a very Mexican thing, by the way. And the husband's putting the pressure on the woman to be like, look a specific way and not gain weight and don't wear that. And and then there they are, you know, not looking 100% like freaking Brad Pitt themselves either. So the double standard, number one. Number two, it's major bullshit because we should be connecting at a soul level where, of course, we want to look good and healthy because we must respect the temple that we have, this human conduit of the soul, which is amazing to be alive and breathe. I want to eat vegetables and drink lots of juices and water and be healthy and exercise and move because I'm grateful for the life experience. But not because otherwise I won't be accepted or my husband will leave me or so-and-so isn't going to think that I look good and invite me to their party. I mean, I remember my grandmother telling me growing up, you better put on some lipstick every time you you go out and make sure your hair looks good because you don't know who you're going to run into. What? So what? If I run into someone and I don't have lipstick and my hair is kind of a mess, then my uh, worthiness level drops 10 points. Then if I impress them because I look so amazing when I walk down to the store to buy a pack of gum. I mean, that is just a message that she was taught and her, and the, and her mother was taught and so-and-so else was taught. Because, you know, if you look good, then you're valuable. Everyone's valuable. I don't care what you look like. And number two, guess what? It's all going to end what you look like. It's all going to end. And what was creates is self-loathing <clears throat> disease because... Even when your grandmother or your mother or their aunt or whatever and all those people that told you or your father or your neighbor or whoever was telling you that you had to look a certain way or you have to act a certain way, the house has to be cleaned a certain way in order for you to have value, they're not there anymore, right? You've moved on. You've left. You're like, screw this. I'm going to make my own life. I don't want to deal with you guys. Those voices are still in your head. This like they passed on the baton and now you're self-sabotaging. You're, oh gosh, I'm too fat. This dress is too small. Oh my God, who am I hanging out with? I'm not enough, blah, 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 blah. The self-sabotage continues. It's like this oppression movement. Okay, you're not doing it anymore, but let me just do it to myself now. Because I'm mirroring what you taught me in a subconscious level. And no matter how much I try to get over this and succeed with like a diet and looking good and I'm making money and I'm this, ooh, I'm on top of the world. No, you're still beating yourself up down there somewhere in a particular situation or, or when you remember or when, or when disease hits you or when whatever happens. There's like this sub, there's like this messages of the programming that, at least in my experience, created like an anger, no? I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Why am I being so mean to myself? Like, why am I feeling um, like this rage of self-loathing? Because I don't have the freedom of having known the connection of a person of just who 
just because of who I am, not because of what my hair looks like or what I can produce in society or what I look like. And so this freedom gets lost because um, we keep falling in the same trap. You know, there's though we, we, we forget that there's options of connection and that it's a birthright to connect and to feel loved and to feel divine regardless of what you look like. We have this birthright, just like a bird, just like a tree, just like a freaking shark, you know? And so there's, there's work to do because, <laughs> mainly because the appearances are going to end, right? So if you, so like, if you think like, oh, you know, I've hit it, I've hit it, I've got this going down, I have three facelifts and I'm, and I keep, you know, I have a personal trainer and I'm looking, I'm looking amazing and I'm successful in work. Okay. So you think you got it down on the appearance and maybe, maybe you don't, maybe Maybe you can't get to that ideal weight. Maybe you can't get to that, you know, you can't pay for the facelift or or you're just like, ah, oh, screw this. I'm just going to let myself go and drink and eat because I don't really give a shit anyway. It's a bunch of bullshit. But deep down, you're still loathing. Deep down, there's this anger and this heavy weight of am I enough, am I enough, am I enough? And I say this now in particular, I'm seeing it hardcore with my mom because my mom was always like looking top 10, you know, beautiful lady, taking care of herself. All of a sudden, boom, you're in a stroke mode. You whoop. It's all like, it's like the rug gets pulled out of you. You're not looking like you should anymore. You can't really move. You're like, oh, I'm not going to give a shit. You fall into this deep depression. And then we begin to talk about this, like, wow, we have really, really, really been programmed and messaged that if we don't look a certain way, things aren't right. And as, you know, it's like common, of course, if you break a foot, you're going to be bummed. It's not like, oh, I broke a foot. Great. Let's just, you're going to be pissed that you have to heal and you have to wear this cast for two or three months and you have to do this recovery process of the healing of the foot until you can walk again. And yes, there's things that upset us and there's a constant learning and a process of, of leaving certain things behind. But when the message is so ingrained in you that the only thing that is valuable is your body and your appearance, guess what? When it's time for that to go, it's really, really hard and painful. And what I've been realizing is like, well, you know, we have to deal with death. We have to talk about it, which is why we have we host Death Cafe here in San Diego. People are like, why are you going to talk about death? Let's just talk about the afterlife. And as long as we say a prayer, we'll all be good and go to heaven. No, let's talk about death right now because it prepares you of the reality that it's not all appearances. It's not a once... I'll talk about that later. It's about how are we living now and what's important now and what is it that we need to learn about our value and our journey here on this human planet, not just what we look like. You know, I'll have like my mom's friends or some of her family members come over and be like, oh, why don't you do this? And why don't you patch the walls with a different color? And why don't we um, take her in a chair to this concert or, or let's go do that or let's... um, um try to move the things around. I mean, just like a constant, let's fix things and move things and make things look in a certain way to avoid the reality that these appearances that we were taught gave us value are leaving. And so since we haven't done this inner work 
of somatic experience and this trauma that we have and like having to notice that there's a lot of pain and sorrow and anger that we've been covering up with this appearance bullshit. Because let me tell you, just like alcoholism and food addiction and shopaholism and whatever, appearanceism is also an addiction. Pretending that we're going to stay young forever and that we have to keep up with um, the next health and wellness trend, it's like an addiction. And it's avoiding the pain and the reality that this is going to end. And it's avoiding the pain and the reality, which it might not be so painful, actually, though, if we're just in, in awareness of how beautiful it is to have this experience and this opportunity of life. But if we can't connect deeply because we're too worried about how the hell we look, how everything is, has to be perfect, and we have to achieve certain things, then, then we fall into hustle mode. And uh, let's look good, let's look good, let's look good. And so it's just a matter of accepting with radical acceptance these emotions and these angers, feeling that come up. I mean, I, I just found this new book from my one of my somatic experience teachers. Um, and it's called Rage Becomes Her, The Power of Woman's Anger by Soraya Jamali. I think we have a lot of anger here. Which is why we scream at the kids and we scream at the husband and we, you know, or we scream at ourselves. Even silently we scream at ourselves. And as we process this in our body through dancing, through movement, through yoga, through somatic experience, through journaling, and through being in contact with not running away from these heavy emotions, just becoming aware of, oh, why am I really angry? Why am I being triggered by the fact that... Um, this is a really difficult situation. The people are telling me, and again, I'll tell you my experiences, of course, with, my, with caring for my mom. I'm caring for my mom. My family is very united and very, um, maybe not like society. Maybe we're a little bit more hippie. We're a little bit more bohemian. We're a little bit more like, you know, earthy, lighting sage, and yes, you know, using marijuana for anxiety instead of being so paids, whatever they're called, like Ativan and Xanax and all those things, just trying to do the green juice, earthy movement of, you know, something that we have, I think, left behind because that's a little bit, in societal terms, dirty. You know, it's cleaner to just pop a pill than somebody coming over and saying, oh, I had to leave because they were smoking marijuana. Yeah, but if they were drinking a little anise or a little tequila or a glass of wine, you'd be fine with that, right? Here, let's just pop a pill and everybody go to sleep because it's okay because nobody can see it. But what you're making, you know, what you're causing chemically in your body and the addiction that these pills cause, we're not talking about, we're not looking at that because it doesn't matter as long as we look pretty in appearances or everything, and then the depth of that separation of connecting, because that's what that causes, separation of connecting. As long as everything looks good, then everything, all the problems and all the reality was swept under the rug. I don't know, man. I just, I just think judgment is like a self-judgment is like the suffocating rope and it doesn't allow anything different in. And so when we are walking in these 
things must look a specific way and we stay rigid to that, it's killing us and it's killing our connection and it's killing our self-love and then from there, love for others. And so I know that, you know, I recognize that no one can make me choose or decide something that I don't want. Did you hear that? No one can make us choose or decide something that we don't want. It is my responsibility to be aware of pressure that I may be feeling and to distinguish another's agenda from my own. But at a subconscious level, we have those messages, so we need to do some work in order to reprogram that outdated software that we've learned from society, from religion, from our parents, from our grandparents, from whoever taught you that you have to look or be a certain way in order to have value. That we must learn to process our grief and our sorrow and our anger and not be worried about if that looks ugly and if we can cry or not, that we can feel certain things that we that because part of the appearance is suck it up and never show any kind of fear or, or, or sorrow. Just drink it away, drink it away, drink it away. Otherwise you'll look bad, you'll look weak. The appearance is deeper than just the lipstick. It's about showing emotions as well. And that's what's killing us. We have to show emotions. We have to show anger and sorrow and grief and also laughter and joy. But there's not just one or the other. They both must be integrated in order for us to be whole, wholesome humans in this body that's going to die. (laughs) And it's not going to always look good. And yes, man, I'm going to still put on lipstick and do my hair and, you know, but I'm going to do the inner work of feeling beautiful because of my divine gift of being in this planet and having the ability to connect and give love and receive love and not just look a certain way. And this is, this is like, I'm having to set some heavy duty boundaries as women, as Mexican women, you're going to have to have some heavy duty boundaries with the opinions of others and protect yourself and protect your kids and protect what you can. And then grow self-kindness and show that kindness out to your kids and to whoever you run into. And it's some heavy, hard-duty work. So we'll have lots of self-compassion as we walk in this um, fighting of this appearances are all that is bullshit. I think I'm going to end this talk with a blessing for all women. I think this is for all men, too, because this is just a blessing for mankind in general. But I got this last weekend where um, I went to this yoga festival up in um, Agora Hills with uh, Resistance Revival Chorus. We sang up there for a benefit that they had in order to raise funds for children that have been taken away in sex, sex traffic and they rescue them and it's a beautiful organization. And I got this blessing for all women thing from this lady called Megan McKenna, which I thought was just amazing because it touches exactly what I've been trying to fight for my whole life, <laughs> which is that I am more than what I look like. We all are. I am more than what I pretend to be in order for you to approve of me. We all are. We don't have to pretend. We must strive for recovery of our soul, of our divinity. And just of self-love. So this blessing says, may you know how loved you are by life. May you stay true to your timing and honor it. May you feel your breath deep in the tissues and skin of your back supporting you always. 
your breath, people, your breath supporting you always. Not the way you look, not how much money you make, not how you appear, not that you suck it up and don't ever show emotion. May you feel your breath supporting you always. Remember to breathe. May you trust your wild instincts and your gut knowing, regardless of what others think or say. Now, it takes time to get to that trust, so we must be patient with ourselves. Reach out. Reach out to other woke women that are already doing the work ahead of us. You know, I'm not writing this up, making this up. Somebody else already spoke about this. We're alike on this journey, so may we trust our well instincts. May we find your voice. May you find your voice and know your truth. May the fire of your ambition be balanced by the softness of your heart. May you tenderly open to receive how huge your heart is, no matter what the details are. May you go through enough challenge that you are humbled so that you can truly walk an earth walk, feet touching the ground in every step. May you access an unstoppable passion and love inside your core that keeps you naturally devoted to your true and real path, to your true and real path. Not the path of grandma, grandpa, the, you know, the society, other people, but yours. May you source your may you source your power from within you and from the earth and the heavens so that you can be replenished as you do the work that you are here to do so that you can be replenished as you do the work that you are here to do this is by Megan McKenna thank you Megan McKenna i thought that was awesome and i'm reading it every day to remind myself with lots of self compassion radical self acceptance and Maybe we, may this be of benefit to you guys. It's a great benefit to me. Thank you for listening. Details of recovery. And we'll see you next time.